0: Top stories this evening live from New York City. A record fine levied against social media platform Instagram. A regulator in Ireland says it mishandled children's data. And the UK names Liz Truss as the new Prime Minister to replace Boris Johnson. Learn more about her and what she hopes to bring to British politics. And oil prices rose today after members of OPEC Plus agreed to cut production by a small amount. Will it affect gas prices at the pump? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here for NTD Business. Bed, bath and beyond, facing a management gap after its CFO jumped to his death over the weekend. His name was Gustavo Arnau. The 52-year-old died on Friday after falling from a New York City building. It comes just a day, just days after a lawsuit alleging he was involved in a so-called pump and dump scheme. It's when people artificially inflate a firm's stock price, then sell it at the high price. Bed Bath and Beyond recently has been losing money and just last week announced major layoffs and store closings. It's lost several senior executives lately, including its former CEO and chief, mer- chief merchandising officer. Analysts say it's expected to appoint a new CFO soon to keep investor confidence. And Instagram hit with a $400 million fine. Ireland's regulator reports that the social media platform was mishandling teenagers' personal data. Instagram was investigated for allegedly publicizing the personal details of minors ages 13 to 17, Those details included email addresses and phone numbers. The fine is the second biggest one issued under the European Union's privacy rules. The biggest one was on Amazon. Ireland is also looking into other meta-owned companies. Last year, it fined WhatsApp $223 million. It says WhatsApp wasn't transparent enough about how it shares user data. The next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom is Liz Truss. The 47-year-old Conservative defeated her rival, former Finance Minister Rishi Sunak, by 57 to 43 percent.
1: I will deliver on the energy crisis, dealing with people's energy bills, but also dealing with the long-term issues we have on energy supply.
0: A key difference between Truss and Sunak was their approach to taxes. Sunak wanted to lower inflation first before cutting taxes, while Truss wanted to do that immediately. When Truss enters office, though, she will face a lot of challenges, like rising inflation, an economy headed towards recession, and limited support across the UK, according to polls. She will officially replace Boris Johnson Tuesday. And so with Truss ascending to the top of the UK's Conservative Party and having the top job in British politics, let's take a moment to take a look at some of her background.
1: I have a plan to make Britain a high-growth economy over the next 10 years.
2: Who is Liz Truss, Britain's new prime minister? The Conservative politician takes over from Boris Johnson after running a campaign that focuses on tax cuts, championing Brexit and a strong stance on Russia and China. So now is not the
1: time for business as usual. Now is the time we need to do things differently.
2: We need to be bold. Let's take a look at how she got to the top job in British politics.
1: What's happening today?
2: Born in 1975, Truss entered Parliament in 2010. And by 2014, she settled into her first cabinet position as a Secretary of State for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs under David Cameron. In the 2016 EU referendum, Truss voted in favour of Britain remaining in the bloc. But she changed her mind after her side lost, saying Brexit provided an opportunity to quote, shake up the way things work. Truss served under Theresa May and Boris Johnson in various ministerial positions. In 2021, she was handed the top role of Foreign Secretary. She's become a strident critic of Russian President Vladimir Putin. And when Russia invaded Ukraine in February, she took a hard line. Truss has vowed to bring about the biggest economic change the UK has seen in 30 years. She's pledged more than $36 billion in tax cuts, which she says would rein in inflation while boosting growth. Her rival for PM, Rishi Sunak, called her tax cuts irresponsible and, quote, fairy tale economics.
3: That I will give you my all.
2: Truss has been dubbed as the new Iron Lady. She herself has long cited Margaret Thatcher as an inspiration. Even her biggest critics say her appeal is that she is dynamic and a workaholic who is across the detail of policy.
1: I'm somebody in every job in government I've done, whether it's the foreign office, whether it's at trade, I've got things done.
0: Other news in Europe. New data out today show the Eurozone is almost for sure to enter a recession. It's according to S&P Global's Purchasing Managers Index, which fell to an 18-month low in August. It's at 48.9. Anything below 50 indicates the economy is shrinking. Last month's number also was below 50. The eurozone is facing a record high inflation of 9.1%. It's set to raise interest rates again this week to bring down prices. But that would mean higher borrowing costs for businesses and consumers and for sure adding to their economic pain. And the euro fell against the dollar today. It dropped below 99 US cents for the first time in 20 years. And the European Commission wants more power over the private sector, it seems, according to draft legislation seen by the Financial Times. The plan is supposed to prevent supply shocks during times of crisis, but... Businesses are reportedly not happy with it. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more.
4: The European Commission wants to have massive powers over the European Union's private businesses during times of crisis, the idea is to protect people from supply shortages. According to draft legislation, when the European Commission sees a crisis coming, it could do things like asking companies for supply chain information and asking governments to build up supplies of certain goods. Under certain circumstances, non compliance could result in fines. A second phase would give the Commission power to direct market activity and obtain goods directly. Once again, non compliance could result in fines.
5: This is enormous dangerous. And we need to understand
4: why. Daniel Lacalle is the chief economist of the Tresses Hedge Fund and the author of Freedom or Equality, The Key to Prosperity Through Social Capitalism. Lacalle says the EU's plan is dangerous because of its already unprecedented intervention into the private sector and the hazy definition of crisis.
5: The large sectors are already heavily regulated. Uh, taxation is enormous, is much la- much higher than that of the United States and other OECD economies. And obviously the level of uh, regulation and legislation on private businesses is very, very uh, significant within the European Union.
4: Lacalle says extreme intervention in the private sector has led to less innovation less technology, and reduced competition, growth, and job creation. He says Europe has completely lost the technology battle. And as for the definition of crisis...
5: Nobody knows when is uh, the government or the European Commission or the European Union itself going to decide whether it's a crisis or not because they can decide that it's a climate crisis and that businesses should be under the control of government.
4: The final version of the legislation is supposed to be adopted by September the 13th. This is right before Commissioner Ursula von der Leyen's State of the Union address on the 14th. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. The
0: Biden administration will be allowed to continue banning oil and gas leases in Wyoming after a federal judge ruled against those who sued. He says they can't show that the ban harmed them at the time they filed the suits. In January 2021, Biden issued an executive order that temporarily paused new oil and gas leases, citing environmental concerns. The Petroleum Association of Wyoming and the Western Energy Alliance filed a lawsuit against the federal government. The state of Wyoming also filed a lawsuit, and these two cases were later combined into one. But... The federal judge says the case is mostly invalid because of the timing of the lawsuits and the federal government's actions. Oil prices jumped nearly 4% today after oil producer group OPEC agreed to cut production next month. They'll cut output by 100,000 barrels a day, which will be relatively small. It amounts to about a tenth of a percent of the global output. The move does appear to show that OPEC is determined to keep oil prices up. Just a couple months ago, oil surpassed $120 a barrel. Now it's a bit lower, $90 per barrel. The decision reverses the 100,000-barrel-per-day increase that was made in September in response to requests from President Biden. And to talk more about OPEC's output cut, I spoke earlier with Tom McNulty. He's the president of TJ McNulty Company. Tom, thanks for coming on this Labor Day holiday. So, OPEC Plus trimmed production by 100,000 barrels per, per day, about a tenth of world output. Why is it doing this? Yeah,
6: I think I think we've learned over the years. OPEC, OPEC Plus will do what it needs to do for its organization, right? I mean, and so the the decline in crude prices over the last couple of months lower their revenue and cash flow, so they've they've made this move although frankly it's not a very big move. I understand prices traded up a bit today but it's a holiday and not everyone is working. I, th- I don't think the price increases will last actually. I think it's a very small move.
0: Do you think this is an indication of further, further uh, output cuts?
6: I think that if well it shows that if crude prices Brent WTI and other prices decline measurably they will cut production to maintain prices because it maintains their revenue. So I think that if prices continue to weaken, and it's generally assumed they're weakening because of demand issues throughout the world, I do think they'll they'll I do think they'll continue and make them bigger. This one is uh, on the small side, and Russia, uh, it has been announced, was not in support of this cut for obvious reasons.
0: So so I know that OPEC wants to keep up oil prices, but what range are they looking at? I mean, oil prices used to be at around 70 to 80 dollars per barrel, now it's at 90. So what are they looking at?
6: I think that they will I think that they don't have a publicly released consensus of a range other than to say as high as possible that doesn't cause demand curtailment. In other words, an equilibrium price that's high. Where the demand stays healthy. If it were, when you think of a a very high price, 150, even 200, the concern there is that you have demand reduction. So they're looking for an equilibrium number, and I believe they think it's in this range:
0: 90, 95, 100. So then, where do you see demand going?
6: Well, demand is apparently. Weakening in certain parts of the world is tricky to see. I mean, if you look at Southeast Asia, which is more than 700 million people, demand is healthy. Demand from China has apparently weakened a bit because of more lockdowns and, and declines in economic growth. So it's a little bit of a confusing picture. I think demand from India is robust here in North, in the United States and North America, demand is reasonably healthy. In Europe, it's not. So it's a very mixed picture. It's very difficult to get to the right answer right now because different parts of the world are going in different directions.
0: So on the topic of oil, let's talk about the G7's plan to uh, cap Russian oil prices. Do you think they can achieve what they want? No, I
6: I I really don't. I think Russia made these calculations ahead of their attack on Ukraine. I think that they know they have crude oil and natural gas as very powerful tools. And it's almost a game of chicken. Who blinks first? I don't think Russia does. I think there'll be a massive energy crisis in Europe, Central and Western Europe, as we get into the colder months. And I don't think it's going to be good at all. I don't think that, uh, that Russia blinks first. As long as they have cash flow to run this war, and they're getting a lot of money from China and India, and even from Europe, they can continue to play this game. And I think it's Europe that's in the much weaker position.
0: And just one last thing what do you think of the timing of this uh, output cut from OPEC? Comes right after the G7's cap on Russian oil.
6: I think, I mean, I think that there are politics involved, geopolitics. It was a brief meeting from what I have seen today, Monday. And um, I think there are political considerations more than economic because it's just not a very big number. As you pointed out, it basically is the opposite of the number several weeks ago. So I think it is it is more political than economic.
0: All right. Thanks for your time today, Tom McNulty, president of TJ McNulty Company. Pleasure talking to you.
6: Great to see you again. Have a good day.
0: Thanks. An audit giant KPMG is being sued over a really bad audit of a U.S. listed Chinese company. A Hong Kong court heard today that KPMG's audit allowed China Medical Technologies to carry out an allegedly 4400 million accounting fraud. China Medical collapsed in 2012. Its senior executives are wanted on fraud charges in the U.S. Its liquidator said the auditor failed to ask obvious questions that would have uncovered the fraud. One example is that the company bought a Chinese business for over $170 million, but it was only worth $150,000. The Financial Times says the liquidator wants up to $830 million to cover allegedly misappropriated funds plus interest. Still to come, Amazon blocking ratings and reviews for its new Lord of the Rings series called Rings of Power. And the UK sending a robot boat to map an explosive volcano's aftermath. The data will help scientists understand the eruption. That and more coming up on NTD Business. And welcome back. NASA's Artemis program takes questions after two failed launches. The team aborted the two attempts due to fuel leaks. NASA has waited years to send the capsule atop the rocket around the moon, and the next launch attempt is now weeks away.
3: Just remember, we're not going to launch until it's right. And that is standard operating procedure, and will
0: continue to be. After the latest setback, mission managers decided to haul the rocket off the pad and into the hangar for further repairs. Officials say several weeks of work will be needed. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson says the cost of these two failures to launch are far less than a failure after the rocket is in the sky. Thousands of people jammed the coast over Labor Day weekend. They were hoping to see the launch but left disappointed. If you wish to leave your opinion or rating on Amazon Prime's new Lord of the Rings series, well, too bad. Amazon's blocking them. And TT Charm Marshall has more.
7: One thing you might notice if you go to Amazon Prime to watch Lord of the Rings Rings of Power, there are no ratings or reviews. This is similar to the 72 hour delay on comments with the premiere of the series, A League of Their Own. Amazon has also been defending against internet trolls of every sort who post comments before the show is even available for viewing. Complaints like things being depicted differently than in the book, such as African Americans portraying dwarves and elves, female dwarves not having beards, and Irish-English accents being used by characters who are depicted as dirty and gypsy-like. Rings of Power still managed to attract over 25 million viewers globally on its first day, Making it the biggest debut in the streaming service history. Based on the work of J.R.R. Tolkien, this series is the most expensive television production ever. The Wall Street Journal reported that the budget to make the show, along with the fee to acquire the rights from the Tolkien Estate, was about $715 million. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: And Mexican pizza, it's not just a meal, it's also a source of entertainment. Taco Bell is bringing the popular item back to its menu permanently on September 15th. The fast food giant is also making a musical out of this menu item. It's going to call it Mexican Pizza the Musical. It's going to debut on the same date. Taco Bell made the announcement on social media this weekend. The musical will air exclusively on TikTok. Officials describe the musical as a harrowing story about the fight to bring back the Mexican pizza. Dolly Parton makes a cameo. She also shared an image of the musical script on social media. And Labor Day weekend is typically very slow at the box office, so theaters try to lure moviegoers with ticket discounts and re-releases of popular movies. Here are the early estimates for the top five films Friday through Sunday
3: festivities are about to start. After one weekend on top, The Invitation fell to fifth place with $4.7 million. Bullet Train pulled into the station in fourth place, earning $5.4 million. DC League of Super Pets moved up to third on ticket sales of $5.45 million. Your
4: instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced.
3: Top Gun Maverick took aim at the top spot but had to settle for second with $5.5 5 million. Spider-Man No Way Home, one of the biggest movies of last year, returned to theaters and swung to the top spot, grossing $6 million.
0: And a Canadian company has unveiled plans for a fully electric high-speed train that can apparently go faster than planes. The Canadian company is called TransPod. It says the train slash plane could travel at about 621 miles an hour costs you less than the price of a ticket on a plane. for comparison, most commercial airplanes fly at around 460 to 575 miles per hour. The train slash plane is called FluxJet. A scaled down version of it was unveiled in the city of Toronto last month. The first phase is estimated to be an $18 billion infrastructure project, which will link the Canadian cities of Calgary and Edmonton Discussions are already underway in Texas to connect Dallas to San Antonio, Dubai to Abu Dhabi, and Sydney to Brisbane in Australia. The company estimates that FluxJet will be transporting its first public passengers before 2035. And a robotic boat with no crew is being remotely controlled from the UK to survey the underwater Togan volcano, NTD's Andrew Thomas reports.
3: The unmanned surface vessel Maxlemer is mapping the rim of the underwater Hunga Tonga Hunga Haapai volcano. New Zealand's National Institute of Water and Atmospheric Research is leading the Tonga Eruption Seabed Mapping Project. The forty-foot long ship was designed, built, and is operated by Seakit International in Southeast England. The vessel has completed two survey missions already and is about to start a third.
8: Our first two missions have been out to the caldera of the the volcano, which erupted in January. Um, And we've collected huge amounts of data to uh, to help the the scientists uh, understand a little more about it. Our third mission, uh, which we're going out now, is to understand a little bit more about outside the volcano.
3: The USV Maxlemer is operating off Tonga but the ship is being remotely controlled from a simulated bridge 10,000 miles away in Southeast England.
8: The beauty of uh, unmanned surface vessels uh, is that this bridge that I'm sitting in in Essex can be anywhere, so we can actually hand over the control of the vessel from this office to anywhere else in the world to control that vessel, which also can be anywhere in the world.
3: The USV Maxlemer will collect data that will help scientists understand why the eruption had such a violent impact, as well as help predict the nature of future eruptions
8: but we're obviously you know, controlling this vessel from 16,000 kilometers away, and so we're doing that via data. Um, some of the challenges of that are our bandwidth, the amount of data we can transmit through the satellites, and the latency as well. The data itself that we are, we're getting back, we're able to navigate the vessel safely, but also um, check the quality of the data that we're collecting.
3: The eruption of the Hunga Tonga Hunga Haapai volcano on January 15th sent tsunami waves across the Pacific Ocean, and was heard some 1,400 miles away in New Zealand. Space satellites captured images of huge clouds of ash and the atmospheric shockwave that radiated from the volcano at close to the speed of sound. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: And that's all the stories from the NTD business team and myself Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter too, and if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business@ntd.com. That's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.